0: How's it going? Come on, listen, I know we said we did the podcast this week, but uh, I thought, because it's summertime, I thought we'd relax in these hammocks. I, I have some iced tea. I realize that's an American thing. I'm trying iced tea. It's not bad. It could be a bit warmer. Come and join me. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds
1: good, actually. Yeah, let's just relax out in the garden. There's nothing really happening in the world oh, of board games this week anyway. It's summertime. So, yeah. why,
0: would, why would anything yeah. happen during summer and board games? I mean, the kids are... On holiday, we're chilling out and nothing bad. Uh, Jamie, can...
1: Jamie I, I, I think the alarms are going off.
0: I'm pretty sure that's the alarm. I'm sure that's the news alarm. I'm gonna go warm up this tea. Save my seat. I will do. I will do. Let's get
1: let's get to the studio. It, it's one of those weeks again. Oh, oh, it really is one of those
0: weeks. I'm Ian McAllister and I'm Jamie Adams. And this is Brainwaves episode 76, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of the 28th of June, 2021. TSR is back, back again, but please don't tell a friend. Kickstarter community gets deadly. And coming this summer, Viner Knizia and the Grail game. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. Yes, indeed, TSR is
1: back. Tactical Studies Rules, better known as TSR, was the original publisher of Dungeons and & Dragons and founded in 1963 by Gary Gygax and Don Kay. The company was eventually bought in the late 90s by Wizards of the Coast, who went on to revive Dungeons and & Dragons, and the rest, as they say, is history. The TSR trademark expired in 2004. And now it's back. Kind of. Twice. The trademark was acquired in 2011 to publish Gygax magazine but that was cancelled due to a trademark dispute between Gygax's sons who are involved with the project and Gail Gygax, Gary's wife. That company does still operate under the TSR Games name, producing the top secret RPG. Well now TSR itself is back, not TSR Games, don't get the two confused now, and has Ernest Gary Gygax Jr. on board. Their first project will be an RPG called Giantlands, which was originally kickstarted in 2019 by Stephen E. Dinehart IV. So, to sum up, there are now two TSR companies. One at TSRgames.com that was involved with magazine publication and the game Top Secret. One at TSR.games that is publishing Giantlands. And Ernie Gygax was involved in the creation of both companies, just to really, really, really confuse matters. TSR has also just announced that they'll be rebooting Star
0: Frontiers, one of the games made by the original TSR, back in the 1980s. Just to clarify, Ian, which TSR is this? Is this the new TSR, not TSR Games? It's the new, new TSR. Cool. And then...
1: So, a tweet from the TSR Games Twitter account went out recently. If you don't like Gary Gygax, you probably shouldn't play Dungeons and Dragons, but we hear Milton Bradley was a really good guy, you might like his Vice Versus Virtue games. Okay then. This tweet was preceded very uh, by a tweet from TSR Games, which said, We are intolerant of hatred of any kind from all sides. All players are welcome at our table. Thanks to the role-playing game, we have a deep commitment to diversity and inclusion.
0: Unless we don't think you're the right kind of person who might enjoy playing at our table. Oh my goodness! Now,
1: there's a full interview with Ernest Gygax that we'll link to, and we've read some of the transcript that's been kindly provided by EN World. Thank you very much to the folks over there who have watched the video and transcribed this for us. It makes for some interesting reading. Uh, The interview is uh, part of a series called Life in the Bunker, and on collaborating with Wizards of the Coast, Ernest Gygax said this. I would hope so, but they just put out a big disclaimer recently trying to divorce themselves from the ethics and style of play is involved in the origins of the game, referring to Dungeons & Dragons. They're basically trying to say, we are a better company and a better type of person than those who started playing, at least that's somewhat of the impression they've given, and please switch over and be part of the new wave. You know, join the pack of
0: lemmings. Oh yeah. So I'm not going to get too much started on how D&D grew out of Chainmail, which grew out of war games, which grew out of Civil War reenactments and war games and that whole... I'm fine. I'm fine, Ian. No, honestly, I'm fine. Sorry, everybody. I'm fine. Honestly, I'm fine. I'm not fine, but I'm fine.
1: Uh, So from the same interview on TSR itself, TSR has been gone. There's a ton of artists and game designers and people that play, and recently they were dissed for being old-fashioned, possibly anti-modern trends, and enforcing or even having the concepts of gender identity. Laughs. But wait, there's more. At 6.20pm BST, and we are recording just after 9pm BST on Friday the 25th of June, Luke Gygax, one of Gary's other children, posted this on Twitter. FYI, I am not involved with any TSR company, nor is Gary Khan nor anyone else in my family, outside of Ernie. Full stop, that is all. Now, Gary Khan is an annual celebration of Gary
0: Gygax and his influence on the hobby. Now, Gary Gax's influence on the hobby cannot be um you know yes it was huge role-playing games you know they, they wouldn't exist in the uh they wouldn't exist in the current state without yeah the form without gary gygax however you need to do a you can do a cursory search online and look at some of the statements that gary gygax has said uh regard to his opinions on role-playing and i thank lucifer that we have changed Okay, we have yeah. changed as a as a community as a thing, and people who just say, "Oh, you're not sticking to old school role playing." This is we would thoroughly,
1: thoroughly recommend the recent NPI, uh, no sorry, no pun included, review of Sleeping Gods, where Efka does a very good breakdown of the origins of sort of story focused games, including some things like Dungeons and Dragons and the problematic people involved with the original creation of those games, including Gary Gygax himself. We'll link to that in the show notes. It's an extremely good video, and no pun included, are doing some of the best critical work in the hobby right now. So please, please do go and check that
0: out. Shout out to Elaine and Efka, because you are amazing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just fantastic work. So this has been an astonishing story to watch, because a few days ago, TSR announced that they were back. And it's like, okay, maybe that's a good thing. And then over the last few days, we've watched them set their company on fire before it even begins. This, it's is, been, this, this is, is a farce. It's been astonishing. This has
0: been it's an been utter abso- farce.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's like watching something out of the thick of it. It's been absolutely astonishing. No, no. The, and, th- the thick of it would be th- funny. The other, the other So the, the other thing is, like, okay, so if you want to make... OSR product you know old school uh, OSR by the way folks refers to old school role playing so it tends to be games that hark back to the early days of D&D and they have particular sensibility but what you generally get in OSR games is that people who have a fondness for those games and nostalgia for those games looking at those games maybe slightly through those spectacles, but also like they're writing games that are the way they played the games, not necessarily the way those games were originally written. And there's some cool innovative stuff in that community. There's some really interesting things in there, and I, I do encourage you to go and have a look at it. But if you just want to put out Dungeons & Dragons products, there's nothing stopping you. The DMs Guild exists. You could form a little company and go and do that stuff. You don't need all this bluster and uh, and sound and fury and giving weird interviews that make you sound kind of unhinged. And just, just strangeness. You could just go and do that. Aye, That's but, fine.
0: But but uh, Ernie Gygax's uh, opinions on 5th edition D&D, which I can't find all of a sudden, which is really annoying. Um,
1: I mean, his, his, his implication in that interview, I've read a little bit more of the transcript, is basically like, Oh, fifth edition isn't the true Dungeons and Dragons. Come and play our games; they'll be much more hardcore, or words to that effect. Sorry,
0: yeah, sorry, That's that, effect- that is effectively it. Sorry, Ian. I yeah, I want to, I want to. Yeah, that I can't remember where it was. What was it he said about like drinking light beer? That's... Oh
1: yeah, he said something along the lines of like fifth edition is like drinking
0: a light beer and i want a guinness or something like that yeah it's yeah fifth edition to me see this is what he said uh fifth edition to me is like drinking kind of like drinking light beer when you could be having a guinness it's still cold has calories some okay 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 no Uh, i'm fine i'm fine i i mean there's so
1: many things wrong with that analogy that i don't know quite know where to start (laughs) Jamie is currently trying eating a book. So, I mean, like, okay, so basically this story, this is a,
0: a someone setting the fire to their own company before it begins. Check your damn privilege. Check your damn privilege. I have played... Okay, I've only played a bit of uh, First Ed and Second Ed AD&D. Now, I'd met at that time get a guy, because I'd left, and it was TSR was actually in the domain of Lorraine Williamson. And then that's a whole story. But, um... There was there was some restrictions that were still hanging around. You know, certain classes could only go to certain levels. Uh, for example, uh, humans could do any level, but elves could do like unlimited, and, like fighter and bard and a couple of others. But that wasn't very much. Halflings could only go to like level eight or eleven in fighter. For goodness sake, I am glad that we have moved on from this and are able to have unlimited. You want to do a halfling wizard? Fine, they can do whatever level they like. Please, for goodness sake.
1: And if you have any issues with
0: this, please direct them to me personally, because I am more than happy to talk to you about this. Leave Ian out of this. I'm sorry, Ian, that's going to have to edit this as a rant, but you know what? I am sick of this.
1: Anyway, Jamie, moving on to Kickstarter Death Threats for a nice, you know, relaxing piece of news.
0: A little palate cleanser, right. So, if you're a regular listener to Brainwaves, and if you're not, welcome. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm sorry for the rant. It isn't every time. It's just been the last two casts. I hope things will be less um, anger-provoking from me, but I can't make any promises. Anyway, usually usually on Brainwaves, we spend a lot of time covering uh, Kickstarter, its response to, for example, the formation of a union, its internal struggles, and the like. Now, it seems the company is drawing ire once again, and not for its corporate structure this time, but indeed, the way that it allows content creators to manage comments on their pages... Stronghold Games ran into some issues with the latest Kickstarter for Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. In response to those issues they have received some death threats through the Kickstarter platform. It is our understanding that at this time it is easier to chase someone for their pledge than it is to ban them from your project or block them from commenting. Now, Talking about the pledge manager, we understand the individual who issued those death threats also filled out the pledge manager for the project. That pledge manager includes your address, details on it, so they can send the police to your house should they need to. We reached out to Kickstarter for comment and got the following statement in reply. Kickstarter has zero tolerance for any racist, bigoted or abusive comments on our platform, period. Every comment that's flagged for our review is manually reviewed by our trust and safety team, and if the comment is found to be in violation of our community guidelines, we take further action including deletion or restriction of commenting privileges. Our dedicated trust and safety team is always watching over the platform and reviewing project submissions and reports from creators and backers to enforce our rules and review reports of offensive material. We rely on our community to help us make sure our platform is safe, trusted and effective for creators and backers alike. This is an ever evolving process and one that we are committed to getting right. This is why we conduct regular reviews of our policies and have multiple layers of confirmation to ensure our rules are consistently and fairly applied. We're also actively investigating new ways in which we can improve or expand on our existing processes around comment moderation.
1: Now, I should be clear, it was myself that reached out to Kickstarter, and I just alluded to having seen death threats that I've I've seen on Twitter to uh, to the Terraforming Mars uh, Ares Expedition Kickstarter. So I wasn't specific about it. So the fact that we got a fairly boilerplate kind of response shouldn't necessarily be taken as a bad thing, because my my question was fairly vague
0: as well. But this I, is never okay. I yeah I don't. I can't believe I have to say sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep myself calm, but I'm gonna I can't believe I have to say this. I can't believe I have to say this to people. Death threats. Sorry, I'm going to lose that laughter from my voice. Death threats are not okay. I I mean, oh my! I,
1: I mean, this it's a board game that you're not getting on time. I mean, I I believe that the Terraforming Mars: Aries Exposition Kickstarter has had some issues with some of the product getting to I think Target stores before backers, and I can understand that being for strain and and annoying for backers. I absolutely sympathise with them. Death threats are not the way. I've been in retail for a very, very long time. And you know what I do with people that get shouty and angry with me? I ask them to leave my shop. Or I leave the store. Or I put the, if I was part of a bigger company at the time, I would put them on to customer services. And that's wasting their time. Not mine. Because I, I don't want to deal with you. If you just get shouty and angry... The person behind the till or the person at the other end of the
0: phone or whatever has much more power over, the, over you than you imagine. What are you going to do? Those death threats, you're threatening, you're going to threaten to kill someone. What do you think that's going to accomplish? Do you really think that's going to end up well? Do you think that's going to turn out well for you? Especially in
1: this situation where you have definitely ba- uh, logged into a pledge manager and
0: definitely given your address to the people concerned. That's very, very stupid. Solid gold play there, champs. Solid gold play. You have... ah, oh, brilliant. I'm so sorry, everyone. I don't know why I'm so angry tonight. Ian, quick question. So Kickstarter is, is seeing uh, somewhat of a competitor in a couple of other sites that, you know, compared to... Kickstarter has generally outpaced some other ones like Indiegogo. But now we're seeing a company like GameFound, specifically set up for board game Kickstarters. And that has content moderation uh, built into it. Do we think there's going to be more of a shift, maybe?
1: I think so, yeah. I, I I mean, we're already seeing like big companies like Portal going to GameFound for the new versions of Robinson Crusoe. So, so yeah, I, I honestly think something's going to happen there, yeah. I, I I think it'll take a little bit more for GameFound to become a real thing. Like, maybe if they get a couple of CMOM projects, for instance that could be a massive thing and we're, we're slowly seeing a drift towards game found so yeah I, 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 I don't know if kickstarter's in trouble yet but there's definitely there's definitely some things coming
0: I agree I don't think kickstarter is in trouble yet I'd say if if the larger companies begin to move towards game found I think that might cause more of a shift but it's almost the google issue which is I'll google something well I'll kickstart it. It implies that you're, you know, you're going to Kickstarter. Now, moving on from death threats, thankfully, Ian, I believe uh, a heavyweight in the board game industry is uh, is having some issues.
1: Yes, indeed. Back a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the cancellation of several well-loved Euro games from a variety of companies. One of those companies was called Grail Games. They cancelled Yellow and Yangtze, Medici, the card game, Stevenson Rocket, among others, all designed by Reiner Knizia. At the time, they stated the reason for doing so was financial. Well, the plot thickens a little. On June the 22nd, Reiner Knizia put out a tweet that said the following. To clarify some misleading communication from Grail Games, my games leave Grail Games because I terminated licenses for breach of contract. We've sent a request for comment to Grail Games, but are yet to hear back. And I reached out on Twitter to Rainer Knizia and he was gracious enough to reply to me to get in touch to his website which I have subsequently done. Uh, I did that only today Friday the 25th of June on the day of recording uh, so we haven't heard back yet from Rainer Knizia but if we do before I hit the edit in a couple of days time I'll drop something into the cast or it might come out on the next cast. The board game hobby is small. Information like this will get out so yeah, don't lie guys. If something's happened if a contract's been breached if you've lost games because of something else don't say it's because of another thing because this kind of information will definitely get out it's a bad look
0: it's not gonna end well for you no it's not gonna end well and moving on from that all that to the news Jamie, we lost a legend. I'm afraid we have. It's my sad duty to report that Andrew Hackard, line editor for the phenomenon that is Munchkin, for the last 12 years, passed away on June the 17th from brain cancer. As well as being line editor for Munchkin, Hackard was also a freelance editor working on some books written by Will Wheaton. As line editor for Munchkin, much of his work is still out there with more on the way. Tributes to Andrew have been widespread, especially from those who worked with him closely. John Kowalik, the primary artist for the Munchkin series, said, As the Munchkins are, Andrew has been my colleague for more than a decade, and became a great, cherished friend with an unmatched wit. His work brought enormous joy to literally millions. There is no filling a loss like this. The thoughts of everyone at Brainwaves are with Andrew's family and friends at this difficult and sad time.
1: Yeah, indeed. That will re- reflect that sentiment. I mean, I'm no fan of Munchkin. I- I've said that before on this cast, but it's hard to deny its influence on the hobby, how widespread it is. You can see it in all sorts of shops. It- it's it's a gateway for some people into the larger hobby. I, I cannot deny its influence at, at all. And um, it sounds like Andrew Hacker, too, I didn't know before this piece, was responsible for a lot of that. So a very sad loss for the community.
0: Man, it's the driving force behind you know this great series of games that as as Jon Kavallack said brought joy to literally millions and whatever one's opinion on it you can't deny with those figures that that's amazing and you know yeah. he he leaves the world having made it a better place in his own way and that is truly commendable indeed unfortunately Ian, the world has a backlog
1: yes it does as our listeners will no doubt be aware times are tough in the world of international shipping covid has had an impact around the world and even now ports uh, all across the globe are having to shut partially or otherwise due to covid breakouts This has a massive impact on shipping times and the availability of goods in general. We reported a few casts ago, of course, on the Ever Given being uh, blocked into the Suez Canal as well, which had uh, a similar impact on international trade. Well, a recent article on NPR detailed some of the woes being faced by those looking to get goods shipped around the globe, interestingly using the example of Dice Miner from Atlas Games as an example. Part of the article interviews John Nephew, founder of Atlas Games, about their troubles. Thinking that the game would take six weeks to ship from China on a 40-foot cargo container, it took six months. The current situation means that ships can be facing up to five days just to get into port, not to mention the time it then takes the cargo to get onto a truck or a train, which can be up to 10 days, which is a huge amount of time for cargo to just be sitting in port. The article speculates that bottlenecks inside the supply chain like this will lead to an inflation in prices, and this is bound to hit board games as well which has been brought home very recently to one of our Discord members. Uh, Simon, thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. The game Streets from Sinister Fish has fallen foul of some of the global shipping problems. and They sent out an email recently to backers asking those in areas affected to pledge an extra £2 if they could. Uh, We'd like to make it clear that this was not mandatory from the company. They weren't saying you don't get your games unless you give us money. Uh, The money has already been pledged by most backers already. Uh, but uh and it was just a request if you could spare a couple of quid it would really help out the company the response from the backers has been very positive according to sinister fish and will hopefully go some way to relieving the pressure on the company it's really tough times right now there folks cargo container prices have gone up massively over the course of the pandemic there's a huge boost in demand for goods which has caused massive rise in prices in cargo containers I work in the bicycle industry uh, or I work for it in a little bike shop in Edinburgh and we're seeing delays on components into next year now because factories are so under pressure in the supply chain and just getting things across the globe takes a long, long time. You have to remember that in the global supply chain, things can't whip snap response to stuff. So if a company sells out of something, they can't suddenly just order a bunch more. They'll have to place that order like half a year to a year to maybe two years ago in order to get the product, and the that and manufacturing just can't respond that fast. So be very very kind to Kickstarter publishers who are maybe not totally okay with international shipping. This is maybe their first Kickstarter, maybe their first board game, and maybe a small company. Please be kind to the small publishers out there that are doing their best to get your games to you. I know you can get angry. I know you can be frustrating, but yeah, please be kind just now because there's a lot of problems that they could have no, in no way anticipated when they originally launched the Kickstars.
0: Bing bong. This is your regular reminder to please not send death threats to companies affected by the shipping crisis. Thank you. Bing bong. And please remember
1: the bill uh, to be Bill and Ted to everyone. Be excellent to each other. No. Jenny, talking about
0: being talking about being excellent to each other. The, there's some awards news. Yes, I'll dust off my, no, I'll take off my rage mittens and put on my (laughs) awards Homburg. Dusting it off. It is the Cardboard Edison Awards.
1: Rage mittens.
0: I don't know. Rage mittens. I don't know, mate. Uh, The Cardboard Edison Awards this year, the winner of the Cardboard Edison Awards, well, the in-person category is joint winners for the first time in the history of the Cardboard Edison Awards. And that goes to Winter by Maria Blasco and Enrique Blasco. And Octopus Scramble by Carl Lange. Uh The first place winner for the online category was Surf's Up by Jason Mowery and Chase Williams. Now, we've covered the Cardboard Edison Awards before, but if you haven't heard it before, uh, I'll read from the company's website. To be eligible for the award, designs must not be publicly available through any retail, secondary, or print-on-demand market, including Kickstarter, before July of that year. Designs may not be licensed to a publisher during the period of the award. Designs must be original works that do not infringe on any intellectual property. Board, card, and dice games are eligible. I think the Cardboard Edison Awards are great.
1: Absolutely. And there's a a local designer, well, now not local, but a a guy who's originally designed his game, Dalkeith, one of the games called Distilled.
0: Oh, yes. Did very,
1: well, did very well. And he was part of the local Midlothian Board Gamers group for a little while and he did
0: quite well as well.
1: Yes, it so was highly recommended.
0: It was one of the highly recommended category. Uh, Absolutely. For-
1: and it, it, it's a fascinating award the Carbett Edison Awards. It gives new designers a chance to showcase their their games to establish designers and get them basically filtered through that process and get some feedback on them so yeah it's it's a really good thing i've I've always followed corporate and in they're they're a really interesting thing
0: uh for this year 2021 submissions were accepted in two tracks online judging and in-person judging because you know there's still coronavirus rampaging around the world designers selected the track they deemed most appropriate for their games and submissions were judged are based on engagement originality of theme, and originality of mechanics. Now, finalists were also judged on engagement, smoothness of play, and their fitness for the target audience. Well done to Maria and Enrique Blasco. Well done to Carl Lange. Well done to Jason Mowry and Chase Williams. Fantastic. I might have a look and see what some of those games are about, because sounds great, and have a look at some of the finalists. Check out the Cardboard Edison Awards. might find something you didn't expect. Indeed. Now, Ian, the best thing about tired, clapped-out old memes is when someone revitalizes them.
1: Absolutely. As we all know, the revival of the HeroQuest board game is on the way, and the license for that game name has now passed back to Hasbro. As a consequence of this, Chaosium will be bringing its Hero Quest line of RPGs to close on the 15th of July 2021. From the head of licensing at Chaosium, Michael O'Brien, Last year, we announced the transfer of the HeroQuest trademark from Moon Design Publications to Hasbro. As part of that change of ownership, we were able to continue selling our HeroQuest RPG products for a time. That period comes to an end next month. These titles will be officially out of print permanently, so if you'd like to make a purchase at Chaosium.com or DriveThruRPG, please do so while you can. This has all come about because Moon Design Publications, who hold the license for the trademark, passed from Chaosium to Hasbro in July of 2020. So yeah, do get on those games if you want them, because they're soon to disappear forevermore. Though probably not, because piracy. <laughs> anyway, we'd like to give a massive shout-out to our patrons. Thank you so much for continuing to support of the cast, especially over the last year or so, in these troubled times. Especially to Sean Newman, who's our executive producer I uh, uh, part of the GameLot team will link to all of sean's bits and pieces in the show notes uh, you can find multiple ways to support us in this sh- on the site uh, and especially have a wee look at metallic dice games who are a site that make very nice uh, dice and dice adjacent accessories in the states they make metal dice they sent us a sample over of which are extremely nice definitely be able to hurt some players by throwing them at them and, yeah i <laughs> do recommend checking us out uh, the pro the promo code you want is Roll with Brains, all capital letters, all one word, and that'll give you a wee discount and give us a cut of the money as well. We'd just like to say a fond farewell to Ben and Charlotte of the Unlucky Frog, who announced in the last podcast that they would be leaving that particular group of people. Um, there, Ben's been doing some fantastic stuff with Ashenhold Art. We had him on recently to talk about that, and he is still pursuing that side of the hobby. Uh, I think with kids and family, and just generally life in general, they've not got time to keep going with the unlucky frog. So yeah, it's the right thing for them to step away, and we wish them all the best for the future.
0: Absolutely. you're wonder- If you're listening to this, you wonderful people, we're going to miss you, but we know that you're not yeah, gone we'll completely. Definitely- we'll still have chance.
1: Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see each other, and we'll definitely play games again together soon.
0: Anyway, Jamie, it is the summertime. Oh, it's the summertime. As much as summertime means anything in Scotland. And it means listening to summer songs like "Summertime." No, not the George Gershwin one. Is that is that bad? Like, not bad. I mean, is that sad that and my mind? The Im- living
1: is easy, <laughs> etc.
0: Is it sad that my mind immediately went to that before anything else? Or no, it's a great ma- song. Ma- maybe I'm listening. Oh, it is. It's it's one of the one of my favorite songs. Um, but yeah, it it speaks um an old man and a young man body. But no, instead I'm referring to DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's song, Summertime. But why, Jamie? Why is that in a board game podcast? Well, from WizKids, it's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Summertime. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince invites you to hang with them at the hot spots in Philly. You will cruise, groove and unwind across town, trying to vibe with them to prove you're the coolest in the crew. Do you have the energy to keep up with everyone else who has their eyes on the crown? That sounds so cool, don't I? That was a product description. No. Yeah, I know. I know. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, players will be playing cards, action, energy, and boost cards to claim spots, which will give you points at the end of the game. Uh, D.J. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you know. Low respect, respect to them. But you're wondering this is the end is Monopoly. And do you know we almost didn't have any Monopoly this cast. I thought I don't think we have anything. I it's, I it's
1: okay dear listeners. I, I,
0: I whipped Jamie into shape and and I forced him to go and find some Monopoly news. He did yes. and I brought back a double header. That's right. We have two new versions of Monopoly coming out. The first is Monopoly Builder. Now I know that uh, there's been some stories going about of uh, a Dice Tower review of Tom Vassell getting angry at Monopoly Builder. Fair enough. Everyone's got their own opinions on Monopoly. Like I always say, if you enjoy a game, good. I have my own personal opinion on it. Monopoly Builder has the Monopoly mechanics we all know and presumably love. uh, But also, spaces and property locations will give you resources that you can put towards building towers and topping it off with a penthouse. Not only does the last player standing, win. But also, it could also be won by the person who has the most points, which are gained also by building towers and penthouses. Kind of, they're aiming to evoke pseudo settlers of Catan elements, but... uh,
1: um, Yeah, it sounds like it.
0: Like, almost all the Monopoly versions that we talk about on the podcast, I haven't played it, so I'm afraid I can't tell you any more about it, other than what I have found from some product descriptions. But that is not all. We also have Monopoly Crooked Cash... This is a version of Monopoly you can't trust. Cricket Cash adds counterfeit money to the Monopoly experience. If you think the money you've been given is phony, you can spend one of your decoder chips and use the provided decoder to uh, scan the money. uh, (laughs) To, yeah. And there's also fake chance cards that will allow you to speed up the game that will move you to uh, an unclaimed property and allow you to quickly buy it uh because the one thing we were all looking for monopoly was counterfeit money
1: <sighs> i mean i'm not angry i'm just very disappointed i'm not disappointed i'm just tired now Well, let's get out of here then. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. If you like what you've listened to, then the best way to help us out as ever is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rate on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're mostly active on Twitter if you want to reach out to us. Our website is giantbrain.co.uk, where you can find all our articles and the podcast itself. You can email us about anything in the cast or any news you'd like to share at giantbrainuk at gmail.com and you can of course always come and join us on our Discord, we've got a great little community going on there and every Tuesday the, the, the Tuesday after the cast goes out we have a games night on there everyone's welcome, all sorts of games get played uh, we'd love to see you on there and uh, welcome you into the Giant Brain HQ don't go in the basement there's, there's things down there people don't come back to the basement it's bad anyway, thank you very much for listening Bye-bye.
0: Bye.